A total of eight competitors make up the field of the Lions Break Crown Tournament. Hi, everybody. I'm Kevin Kelly. I want to thank you all for joining us here. And we've been touching base with some of the stars that you've seen, some new faces, some new names uh, here on New Japan Strong. New episodes each and every Friday at NJPWWorld.com. I got Blake Christian with me right now, who immediately has become one of my favorites. And I said you were the MVP of a six-man tag. Or was it an eight-man tag? It was a crazy match. But you were the MVP because you helped your team win. And that's all I cared about. So awesome. <laughs> Outstanding. Well, I'm glad to be here. It's awesome. I, being in New Japan strong and then, uh, you know, just being out there and the fans and, like, no fans, actually. My bad. Uh, but still, like, the fans at home and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, it's just been an experience. Talk to me about what it's like wrestling in front of no fans. Uh, you know, I actually watched back the uh, New Japan Strong, and um, one of you guys actually said, like, with no fans, there's no adrenaline. So you actually feel everything. But, um, you know, it's still the same mindset, still the same goal. Go out there, pick up the win for your team or for yourself. So, um, you know, you just fight through the pain. Where did uh, where did the wrestling journey begin for you? How did you find your way into this crazy industry? I I was always always a fan. Like when I was younger, I think I, it was right before I started school uh, that I was actually like watching like SmackDown and stuff like that. But um, yeah, ever since then, I just I knew I wanted to be a wrestler. And then it was my senior year of high school that I was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go get trained after I graduate high school. Uh, and eventually that path kind of led other ways in the, I went to college and I was in nursing school and, uh, I just kind of found myself not wrestling anymore. So, um, but my ex-girlfriend that I actually dated in high school had passed away and I kind of went into like a depression or whatever. And, uh, you know, I thought, you know, now's the time. So I got in some touch with some guys from McKenzie, Tennessee and, uh, kind of just took off from there. The uh, having that, you know, kind of that other career path, I would imagine, is uh, kind of good uh, for you. Does that does it help you knowing that you've been to college, you went to nursing school, you've got something perhaps you could fall back on? Uh, you know, how does that help you each through all of these ups and downs with wrestling? Uh, you know, I actually. Wrestling in nursing school was kind of hard to, to like do. So I actually changed my major, but at the time before I started training, I was in nursing school. So, um, I mean, I, I couldn't really tell you, I, I'm sure as a nurse and wrestling, it would be easier because nurses make a lot of money. But, uh, you know, as far as like jobs, I was a gymnastics coach, I worked in a liquor store. Uh, so I mean, were they side by side? I really tell you. No, no, no. I, it's actually separate times. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Because, you know, sometimes when you're dealing with, you know, those parents, you might need a couple of drinks. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, gymnastics, and, and boy, does that seem to fit hand in hand with your, with your style. Uh, if I, yeah. again, I, I've gotten to be familiar with you now, but it was my first introduction getting to see Blake Christian wrestle. And I was just blown away at how athletic you are. And all of a sudden, bang, zoom, flying everywhere. Holy crap, where did this come from? Uh, was that 
Is that just something you were born with, that gymnastics ability? Was that something you trained and developed uh, as a kid growing I, up? I always, like, flipped as a kid, like, on off the bed, off the stuff when I was, like, younger. But it wasn't until my senior year of high school and my freshman year of college that I was actually, like, a male cheerleader. And uh, that's when I really started to, like, train technique and stuff like that. Where did you go to college? Uh, there's a place called Bethel University. And then my freshman year, after my freshman year, I transferred to the University of Memphis. Oh. So uh, the uh, I would imagine, now I know wrestling has changed a lot over the years. And of course, there was that quintessential, as it was always termed, the Tennessee style. Uh, but, but everything changes with wrestling. So, uh, right. how familiar are with you with the old days of, you know, that Tennessee style and, and do you incorporate any of that, you know, into your wrestling? Uh, I'm very familiar with it. Uh, a lot of the places that I started at was all about that style and like, I would always do different things. So I, I got in trouble a lot, but, um, uh, I try to incorporate it in there, you know, uh, but nine times out of 10, I'm not punching people. So I, I incorporate the kick part, but not the punch. Yeah. The punch <laughs> kick. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of, it's a, it was always a lot of fun for me, you know, to be, uh, involved because, you know, when, when, uh, developmental and WWE had their, uh, group in Memphis to be able to kind of see, you know, the older generation, whether it was Jerry Lawler or Buddy Wayne, guys like that who were involved. Derek King, of course, who I still is active and is a huge influence on wrestling today. But I could sit here and talk Memphis wrestling with you all day and all night if you wanted to. But the um, <laughs> was there pressure on you because it's a big step up to New Japan Pro Wrestling and a New Japan Strong? How did you feel when you got that call? And did you feel any of that pressure? Uh, I was ecstatic, you know. Um, the pressure was definitely on. I was definitely nervous, uh, especially being in there in the ring with like guys like ACH and TJP. Uh, so, I mean, the pressure was on, and it was such a different step in style-wise from Tennessee. But, you know, at the same time, I was in the in, I was doing like the top independent, like PWG, GCW, stuff like that. So, I mean... I was used to it, but style-wise from Tennessee to New Japan, very, very different. Was, the, uh, was there ever a goal for you to be in New Japan Pro Wrestling before any of this came about? Absolutely. Um, I've always been like the junior heavyweight style. Uh, obviously, my size, my, my height and stuff like that is the junior heavyweight stature, so... Um, when I was studying and training, I was always watching uh, Super Juniors or Super J Cup, and I was watching a lot of the cruiserweight stuff. So it's always kind of been of a goal to do Super Juniors and Super J Cup and stuff like that. So yeah, it definitely was a goal of mine before who, all of who, this. Who was your uh, Who was your favorite wrestler when you were growing up? Who was the one guy you emulated? Uh, Eddie Guerrero. That's, that's my all time favorite. I knew favorite. it. I knew it was going to be Eddie Guerrero because I almost said yeah. that in commentary. I swear I almost said that yeah. in commentary. There was something, and I can't remember now as I'm sitting here, 
but there was something that you did. Oh, this is going to drive me crazy. I'll think of it later and I'll, I'll text you. But, it, and I swear it was an Eddie Guerrero move. So that, that's amazing. That's, I think that's, uh, that's so great. Uh, you know, obviously yeah. Eddie Guerrero is, yeah. I mean, he's the gold standard by which, you know, absolutely wrestlers. Obviously, so you picked a, you picked a good one there. No doubt about it. Absolutely. Oh, that's so funny. All time favorite. Um, so the idea of trying to stand out in a, in a situation like this where you're a relative unknown to the, the new audience that you're connecting to, how difficult is that? Or is it not difficult at all? Do you just let your athleticism and your style kind of speak for itself? Uh, I think it's kind of both, you know, like, um, I know there's a lot of things that I do that a lot of people don't do. Uh, a lot of people see it kind of differently. So I knew that I could incorporate that. But I mean, and then again, you're in the ring with ACH, TJP, Alex Zane, who's my best friend, but does all of this crazy stuff. So, I mean, I, I knew I had to do something to get people talking about me. So, well, you got there, me talking the about you. There. You got me talking <laughs> about you just by being the guy who won the match for the team. Uh, thank you. Thank and, you. And those are those little things that I always try to bring out in commentary because so many times we'll focus on the result. So-and-so was right. victorious over so-and-so. But I think what fans need to realize is that there's always, especially in a tag, there's moving pieces and right. parts and everybody's got a role to play. And if, if more guys right. do their job, then that team is going to find success. So that's the reason right. why you guys found success. No doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. What, um, okay, so uh, this upcoming Lions Break Crown Tournament, it, you're not going to have tag partners. It's all you. It's a knockout tournament format, eight guys, all looking to be the first Lions Break Crown winner. Uh, talk to me about what that would mean to win this whole thing. I mean, it's a, it's a rocket ship straight to the top, you know. Um, it's a way to get noticed faster. And uh, especially it being the first one and me being a relatively unknown right now uh, to the New Japan audience. So I, the pressure's on, but uh, the all-heart mindset tends to, tends to really show in when pressure's on, too. So I do want to ask you about a couple of your, uh, couple of your compadres uh, on the New Japan Strong uh, show. You mentioned TJP. Um, I, I really I like the way... TJP will pull a young guy aside and try to teach him some things or, you know, uh, go to him with some advice and is very open for those who come to him. Uh, what, how has he been influential to you? I uh, mean, he's been so great as far as like the little interactions that we've had, but this is a guy who seems like he studies wrestling nonstop. So, I mean, it's just, a fountain of knowledge that just keeps pouring and pouring out. And I do have to ask you about Alex Zane because you did say he's your best friend. Uh, is, is he's out there, <laughs> right? Right. Let's, and I dig that. Um, is he, uh, you know, he's got a little bit of that hearty vibe that I always, you yeah. know, uh, I like, uh, just, uh, he's just a different breed of cat, right? Yeah, it's something else. <laughs> to be as tall as he is, 
and to still be able to do all that, it's insane. You guys are both a good social media follow, by the way. I do enjoy the uh, the banter back and forth, the interplay, the, the <laughs> ribbetry on the road. Those are those yes. are fun moments. Yes, yes. You He's found you find ways to get under his skin. Yep, and he finds <laughs> ways to get under mine. <laughs> well, that's tremendous. So, um, so Blake, the journey of pro wrestling is never it's never a straight road. And things you have in mind today change completely tomorrow. But if I got you to look maybe 10 years down the road, where do you see yourself? I don't know, man. Um, it's kind of hard to, like you said, it's a, it's a bumpy road. But I would like to say that I'm where I'm at now, like in New Japan, uh, hopefully with all the crazy stuff in the world that's going on right now. People are allowed to travel back and forth. So, and then hopefully the super junior cup will come around again and, uh, hoping to be a part of that, hoping to keep making a stride, keep making an impact to get there. So, uh, hoping to see one of those, you know, or yeah, a few. I think the, the, uh, again, a future super J cup, I think would be a, a great homage to, uh, the training and the study that you did on your way to this point to be able to have that opportunity to compete in a tournament that has been on par with the greatest, you know, junior heavyweight, uh, you know, events ever. And I think that that's a, a right. very realistic goal for somebody like you. You've got all the tools, and I think the future is is going to be very, very bright. You've got a good head on your shoulders, and I, I like your approach. I think you're going to do great. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in this tournament as well. I know it's going to be a competitive field, but uh, I just want to wish you the best of luck. I want to thank you for your time. And uh, thank you for having, having fun me. with Alex. Please keep him in line. Uh, always, always. <laughs> I, I got to figure out my next thing. Always scheming. I know it. It's a little of that Eddie Guerrero yeah. as well. I love it. All right, uh, Blake Christian. Want to thank you for your time here, and uh, hope everybody enjoys the upcoming Lions Break Crown Tournament. You'll see it all unfold on New Japan Strong each and every Friday. New episode right here on NJPWWorld.com. Uh, I'm Kevin Kelly. And we'll see you next time. We're really excited for this upcoming Lions Break Crown Tournament because eight young hopefuls, eight men who are looking for a break, uh, will get the opportunity to, to do so right here on uh, New Japan Strong. And my guest is one of those eight. It's going to be uh, fantastic to see Adrian Quest take off like this. How you doing, my friend? Doing good, man. What up? What you been hey, up to? It's been, I have just, I've enjoyed your story because, uh, you know, getting to learn about you and your background, and how wrestling has kind of helped you in your life and all the things you've done outside of wrestling as well, just to me right. make you a fascinating story. Uh, how have you enjoyed your experience on New Japan Strong? Uh, I've enjoyed it a lot because uh, for me personally, this is the company I've always wanted to end up at. Um, there, there is obviously these other companies right now, but... Um, since I was like about 13, I've always looked up to uh, the way New Japan was set up and um, the the aesthetic of uh, Japanese wrestling itself. So um, New Japan is where it's at, man. Yeah, I mean, no doubt about it. And, and again, we're hearing from, uh, you know, wrestlers who have had a lot of experience in the game and they're all talking about, you know, that New Japan really – is the goal. Uh, and, and this is not your first rodeo. You, you're not a, 
you know, a uh, a rookie. You've been you've been wrestling now for what a twelve years? I would say about twelve years. Honestly, I've lost track. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I started at eleven. Uh, started training at eleven. Had my first, I guess you could say, pro match at thirteen. So um, yeah, about twelve years. Wow. And now, of course, uh, wrestling has been you know, turned a lot of different things. It's a, it's an outlet, uh, for creativity. It's a, you know, way to get the aggression out. It's, it's great way to exercise or travel the world or whatever, but what has wrestling meant to you? Wrestling, um, for me has been, uh, pretty much my life, honestly. So I can't imagine myself doing anything else. Um, but I mean, uh, for for the near future, at least, I mean, I have my 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 side hustles and stuff like that. But wrestling has always been the the, the constant in my life, for sure. The uh, you know, growing up in in you know, some might say not the best of neighborhoods, right? And and is that your story? Ah, uh, yes, most definitely. I grew up in uh, some rough uh, a rough neighborhood growing up. Actually, um, I lived on the south side of Colton, California. Uh, where there's like a lot of poverty and stuff like that. Um, it's actually in the Inland Empire. It's like uh, maybe 45 minutes um, east of LA. Uh, yeah, I mean, growing up was rough. Uh, I, my, I had a dad. Uh, well, my dad is uh, an alcoholic. He was a drug addict. Uh, all of the above you could think of, uh, he was. So it's, it's, I mean, he's getting himself better now and stuff like that. So it didn't help, uh, uh, you know, that didn't help growing up, you know? Yeah. It, again, the, you know, hurdles and obstacles that we have to overcome though, they say make us stronger, make us into the athlete that we are, the person that we are and the business owner that you are as well. Talk to me mm-hmm. about your Bermuda clothing line. How did you come up with the concept? What, what makes your brand different than everybody else? So, um, Bermuda is something I started, uh, about three years, actually three years ago. Um, I've always been in the streetwear clothing brand, uh, brands and stuff like that. Growing up, obviously I couldn't afford it and stuff like that. Uh, as I got a little bit, bit older, I got into, uh, this website called Tumblr and Tumblr, uh, helped me, uh, find what streetwear actually is. And I just fell in love with it, uh, around like middle school. And so I'd like save up can. I mean, I would go take cans to go recycle to go buy a piece of streetwear. Like uh, there was brands like uh, that are actually really big in uh, Japan, like uh, Extra Large. I got really into a brand uh, called uh, Extra Large. Uh, I'm sorry, I just said Extra Large. <laughs> the Hundreds, uh, Supreme, Deadline. There's a bunch of brands like that that I really grew up on and really studied, I would say, because I, I just love streetwear and uh, that whole culture. So mine, uh, I didn't really get to start it until after high school because um, I just didn't really know how. But I like to think of uh, the story behind my my brand is um, the fear of not knowing. Because uh, growing up, like that, that was always something um, that was on the back of my mind. It was like the fear of not knowing uh, what was next. Uh, so, and I, I think of like. Uh, the Bermuda Triangle is like that. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. So that's what kind of, I kind of named it after. 
Well, you got a, a cool look. It's a distinctive uh, feel and flavor like you can spot it coming down the street. Uh, yeah. You know, you you really can see it coming. And like I, Rocky was the first one. Rocky Rare was the first one who I saw, you know, wearing it. And I was really impressed with, you know, and that's not me at all, you know, as a, I'm not yeah. into streetwear, but I was, I, I noticed it. I saw the logo. I saw the designs. I was really, I was taken aback by it. So how has, how has that and the development of the clothing line and the time you have to put into it, has that helped your wrestling career? Has it gotten in the way of it? How has it benefited? Um, it's benefited me by like me being able to put it out into wrestling, uh, uh, putting people onto streetwear that like are into streetwear or like want to kind of get into what streetwear is or, you know, just cool culture. So. Well, I know Alex Kozlov was like saying, you know, I, I could see, you know, the suit, the, the Bermuda. So I was like, I don't know about that. I don't know if I would fit. Maybe Alex Kozlov would these kids today. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, now, okay. So, Let's say everything goes perfectly. Mm-hmm. And they tell you at some point, Adrian, you got to make a choice. You got to choose wrestling or Bermuda. Well, for me personally, I don't think wrestling will be forever. So, but I know streetwear is waiting for me after wrestling. So I'm not going to give up 12 years of my life uh, for something. Uh, I, though I do do love uh, what I'm doing with my brand, I, I think I could put it on hold for a cool minute. You know, uh, I do um, own it with my cousin now, so maybe he could take over for that meantime until I do my own thing. There you go. And then um, we can come back to it when uh, wrestling says it's done with me. And yeah. So that's your motivation every day. When you get up, you're thinking wrestling and you're thinking the clothing line. Uh, are are there enough hours in the day for you? Uh, sometimes there isn't. Uh, sometimes I don't. I feel like there isn't. I'm, I'm always on the go. I'm always doing something. So uh, I'll stay up like till like five six in the morning uh, on Photoshop because I'm, I'm luckily like um, I've gotten better with uh, this time. This quarantine time has given me time to really focus on um, getting my designs better and. Um, getting better at Photoshop, but sometimes I just feel like, you know, there isn't enough hours in the day for me to, to really lock down or on something, you know, because I, if I go to sleep at six, I'm up by 10, you know, something like that. You know, I'm always an early riser. I try to be. Well, I know that, uh, you know, the life of a professional wrestler is a crazy one. The life of a clothing designer is a crazy one. So you've combined the both and you've got two crazy lives all in the span of one. Right. Yeah. When you, uh, so when when the when the opportunity came about to compete on New Japan Strong, were you were you surprised? Were you taken aback? How did you feel? Um, I was a little surprised, but I know um, I know the time would come. Just because I like to I like to believe in um, what you put out into the universe will come to you if you're a good person. So. Um, so I knew the time would come eventually, eventually, and I did do uh, multiple uh, New Japan dojo camps. So I, I know I definitely put in the work, you know, and I was just uh, grinding, you know. 
And, you know, ob- obviously uh, eight, eight men, seven others, just like you. Everybody wants the same thing. They want to win Lions Break Crown. They want to be the first. They want that tournament. They want that prestige, the notoriety. But what would right. it mean to you to win? Would it, what it would mean for me to win is knowing that the time I've put in to professional wrestling was not wasted at all. Uh, I mean, to be even considered in this class is uh, unreal. Uh, but I definitely know I'm exactly where I need to be and that I deserve to be here because I've put in the work. And uh, now I don't mean to come off as big-headed, but uh, I definitely deserve to be here. Oh, I don't. I don't sense any, uh, you know, big-headedness at all. Uh, there's a confident ego about you, but again, you fight like you belong. There isn't anybody that I've seen on New Japan Strong. It's like, eh, maybe he shouldn't be there. Everybody comes out, and for me, a lot of it was seeing you guys for the first time, other than just a glimpse here, a glimpse there, a clip there, a clip. And it's like, wow, this guy can really hang. Uh, and and that was certainly the case with you. I was really taken uh, to how confident you are as an athlete. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, okay. So how do we, we know that we can see you, you know, Friday nights on New Japan Strong and we get to, we'll get to see you in the upcoming Lions Break Crown Tournament. But what if, you know, somebody was into streetwear and they wanted to learn more about Bermuda? They wanted to learn more about your brand. Where can they find you? Uh, they could find uh, they could find me on Instagram and Twitter. That's uh, B-U-R-R-N-U-D-A underscore. Um, that's on Twitter and Instagram. And then uh, our website is uh, BermudaOfficial.com. So BermudaOfficial.com. And that, I think, would give everybody – and the hat you're wearing today is one of your own designs, huh? Yeah, this is uh, a, a design we actually uh, called Cutting It Close. It's a design I came up with uh, maybe a few months back. Uh, this will be on T-shirts and this trucker hat. Um, so uh, this will be dropping soon, actually, within the next month. Very good. Well, we look forward to seeing that. We look forward to seeing more of you in the ring, my friend. No. All right. So Adrian West, want to thank you for your time and we'll see more of him and the other young stars making their way through the Lions Break Crown Tournament. Thank you very much for joining us. We've met a lot of new young stars in professional wrestling on the weekly show that everybody's talking about. New Japan Strong. It's available each and every Friday. New episode, 10 p.m. Eastern on njpwworld.com. Want to take a few moments to speak to one of them right now. Jordan Clearwater is my guest. Jordan and I have been super impressed with your athleticism and your presence uh, on uh, New Japan Strong so far. How has the experience been for you? Yeah, thanks for having me, Kevin. It's been a great experience. Um, Just getting able to put my name and my brand out there in front of the New Japan audience, being able to reach a different type of crowd, a different type of person that I'm typically not used to. So it's been a wonderful opportunity to be able to showcase what I have uh, and some more that I might have in store later on in the program for you guys back at uh, New Japan Strong. Oh, we're looking forward to seeing it. Now, uh, you do win the prize of being the best-dressed interviewee. Uh, but but again, this is not, you know, professional wrestling is what it says in your email header, but it but it's not all that you are. I know you work in the financial industry. 
how have the um, how has everything that, that's been COVID related affected you in uh, in your day to day life with your with your financial services career? How have you been able to service clients? How have you been able to hold meetings? How has how has life changed for you? Yeah, no, it's been crazy. Um, the good news is that we haven't uh, shut down the office. Of course, we are rotating employees in and out um, for COVID restrictions, but a lot of it's done virtually. And the cool thing about doing things virtually is that for clients and for the members of my staff specifically, we can do trainings, we can do meetings, we can do presentations, whatever, um, whenever, wherever we want uh, in the comfort of our own home. So today I am in the office, um, but I could do this no differently than I would at home. Um, so it's a great, it's actually a great transition for us. And I think it's the way that will probably move. Um, at least a lot of the industry is probably going to go towards video conferences for interviews, um, meetings, things like that. There's no traffic, there's no parking, there's no hassle. Now, I still love to meet everyone face to face and maybe grab a beverage or two outside of the nine to five, you know, um, but a majority of it is over video conference. And just like we're doing today, I mean, it's pretty convenient for everyone um, just to be able to tune in from the comfort of their own home. Yeah, we're talking with Jordan Clearwater and and the uh, uh, professional wrestling uh, career that that you've taken on. Uh, was that always the primary, or uh, d- how did you find your way into uh, this crazy world? Yeah, so I mean, I I've been a fan ever since a child, and it's not it's all that I've wanted to do. You know, I've spent my entire life just you know doing all aspects of of professional wrestling, whether it's setting up the ring, designing logos, designing stages. You know, I love every aspect of it. And um, when I got to be uh, of age to train, that was the first thing that I did was I ran to a school. Um, That's where I met my trainer, as you guys have talked about, Carl Anderson and and Roger Ruffin, who trained him. Um, But I had that opportunity and I knew that also I should do something on the back end. So I was able to go to college, grab a degree and uh, start a career for myself in finance. So I've been working in finance for about five years now and um, doing a little bit of both. I've been wrestling for five years, been doing finance uh, for five years. So um, it's kind of like my alter ego. It's uh, I have the suit during the nine to five and then I take it off and put on my Batman mask at the end of the day. Um, there you go. Well, you know, again, it's the blueprint for success uh, for every young wrestler because nothing is guaranteed uh, in pro wrestling. Uh, you know, there, there's no benefits. There's no, it's uh, exactly, it, it, and it's a hard road. So for you yeah. to have that, you know, in your back pocket uh, as a, a primary uh, source of, of income, and it allows you to be able to still train, still do all the things that you need to do. You have to eat well. You've got to look like That's a right. star. <laughs> but, uh, but I would imagine that having conversations with clients has made uh, wrestling easier. And I would imagine that wrestling has made your financial services career a little easier. They, they do seem to always go hand in hand. You would be 100% correct. I mean, it's always a great um, way to put my foot in the door. It's a great icebreaker. You know, it's not every day that you run across somebody that's a, a professional wrestler by night and a, and a financial services consultant by trade, (laughs) you know what I mean, during the day. So that's definitely true. And being able to meet so many different people and so many different backgrounds has helped wrestling because you never know where you end up, you know, it might be a client that uh, opens that door uh, to the next phase of my wrestling career or vice versa. It might be a wrestler that opens the next door in the phase of my finance career. Well, of course, we have talked about your trainer being uh, Carl Anderson, having uh, played a big role in your initial career. Uh, What were some of the lessons that 
uh, machine gun Carl Anderson taught you. If if I if I may, probably some of them were make sure you put me over, make sure you tell everybody <laughs> I was a 2012 uh, G1 finalist, make sure every everybody knows I'm famous hoot and I'm a huge star in Japan. I got yeah, it. So that's pretty much it. I mean, you okay. hit the rundown, so there's nothing for me to say there. But no, he, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, he's great, man, and he and he really helped me. Um, get a picture for where I should go. I was in Cincinnati, Ohio, where I trained and uh, under Roger Ruffin and Carl Anderson. And it wasn't until 2018 where Chad picked up the phone and he said, hey, brother, <laughs> and then the way that he does, brother, um, if you want to do anything, man, in professional wrestling or even in your life, you need to get out of Cincinnati. And, uh, you know, I don't know where you need to go. Um, I could maybe introduce you to some people in Los Angeles. I'm not sure that they're going to like you, but uh, just go out, out there and you know swing and take your best shot. So I, I got that call. Um, Marquez, David Marquez, called me shortly after, um, said that he would love to have me out to see the show. And I just uh, packed up my car and moved in two weeks, drove out here and lived in a shed. So uh, here I am <laughs> in the Southern California. So that was probably the best piece of advice he ever gave me um, because I've gotten so much opportunity from it. Wait, you lived in a shed? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've lived in a number of interesting places. The car, the shed, um, a multifamily uh, house. It was like a two-bedroom house, but there was five families living in it. So I had to do a little couch surfing when I first got out here. I don't know many people on the West Coast. So <laughs> it was an experience for sure. Man, oh, man. Yeah, the, the shed story will be a great one when you're a Hall of oh, Famer one day, right? Oh, yeah. I'm thinking the same thing. I'm going to brother... You'll, you you have no idea. I'm going to have to hit him with that. Uh, I lived in a shed. You know, I walked uphill both ways to get to the dojo. In the snow. <laughs> in the snow. snow in 10 Southern feet California. every day. Exactly. Roger Ruffin yeah. was a terrible, mean trainer, yelled at me all the time. <laughs> he's a great, he's an unsung dame in wrestling. Uh, you know, he's had yes. a lot of, uh, he's had his hands in a lot of different areas of development and and is quite frequently credited with a lot of young careers tell me about your experience with roger ruffin man i you know roger and i have a relationship that just transcends uh trainer and trainee you know i i look at him much like a father figure especially in professional wrestling i mean i um it was it was abyss me and uh, one or two other people at his wedding, you know, when he got married as a part of the groom's party. So I'm very close to Roger, um, got to know him um, very well. And he is an unsung name professional wrestling. Everyone that's um, had contact with the major leagues has probably touched Roger Ruffin at some point. And just the names that he trained, you mentioned it, uh, Carl Anderson, Abyss, Jillian Hall, uh, Wildcat, Chris Harris, you name it. He's, they've touched all parts of the globe. So that uh, background and training and experience that you got, plus you taking the leap going out to California, kind of puts you in the right atmosphere for this opportunity with uh, with New Japan Pro Wrestling and the New Japan Strong Show. Tell me about that conversation, uh, how that all came about, and were you were you shocked? Were you surprised when when you were tabbed to be a part of the uh, you know these episodes? Yeah. And it's, it's a funny story. I think they all kind of fall in line, you know, COVID hit uh, a lot of people were, you know, stressing, what are we going to do? I actually uh, was able to pick up bodybuilding in the meantime. Um, so I was able to keep my shape, um, while we were doing that. So I was prepping for a bodybuilding competition and I got a call from one Aaron Stevens that said, Hey, um, there might be an opportunity for you at new Japan. Uh, Rocky Romero will be giving you a call. And, um, 
you know, just hear them out. And if it's, you know, if it's good, then take it, you know, it might, it might be an opportunity for you. And obviously anything that's associated with new Japan or Rocky, I want, I want a part of. And, and shortly after Rocky was on the other line, I picked up the phone and I got to know Rocky through the dojo, through Chad, through a couple of other places. And uh, he said, Hey, you know, would you be free this, this next weekend? And I said, you know, clear the schedule, brother, you let me know when you need me and I'll be there. And so, you know, a lot of things, a lot of thoughts racing through my head at that time. Um, but the most important one was that I got this opportunity and that I was able to um, wrestle for you guys and be able to put on something hopefully a little different um, than, than what you've expected and uh, something that might be a little bit new uh, to the New Japan Strong and the audience at the New Japan. One of the things that I liked about having you and, and your build and your size in the mix is that it's different because um, you you know, when you're putting forward a, a, a television show in professional wrestling, I've always been a fan of, you know, that three ring circus atmosphere. You know, over here, you've got the man who's eating fire and over there, you got the lion tamer and over on that side, you got the clowns and it all mixes together under the big tent. So I think you've got to have somebody like you who comes in, what, six, three, six, four and, you know, hits hard, moves fast, aggressive, athletic young up and coming you know your brightest days are certainly ahead so i think it's been a welcome mix uh to have you and and what you bring to the table to be part of the program yeah no, that's i appreciate you saying that and and that's exactly my goal you know being able to have been trained in the midwest is a totally different type of wrestling being able to travel the appalachian mountains and up into michigan and uh, travel the states really as an independent professional wrestler before I had this new Japan opportunity really gave me the ability to learn different styles, Southern States wrestling, uh, Northern wrestling, Midwest wrestling, and combine that all into one that might be a little bit different from what you're used to seeing. And hopefully that's a good thing, not a bad thing um, for the audience. And they're able to connect with me in a different kind of a way than maybe somebody else. But um, yeah, that's, that's great. That's a great point. So Jordan, you'll be part of the field of eight in the upcoming Lions break crown tournament. Uh, and Really, it's a it's a tournament where it, it seems like the winner will receive future opportunities. There's nothing set in stone. But then again, you know, it's parallel with wrestling. There really isn't a lot that is set in stone. But I would imagine that there's going to be a great deal of pride for you and for all the eight that are competing in this because of that word break in the, you know, in the name. Uh, tell me about what that. Lions Break Crown Tournament will mean, and we'll see how it all unfolds here in the coming weeks. Yeah, no, it means everything. Uh, the word break itself um, speaks volumes about what it what the, the tournament is about. You know, it's a break for a lot of us young guys um, who is just now having that opportunity to showcase what we have and what wrestling could be in the next five, ten years. Um, so the break break is a key word. Also, um, it's, it runs very deep for me because Carl Anderson built his career career in New Japan. So to have that opportunity to be able to work on that same platform as him, to be able to carry on that legacy is, is huge. Um, you know, not saying that he could return in the future, but let's say he does. I mean, that could name a number of um, interesting interactions that may come down the pike. Um, you also mentioned greatness. Um, you know, that's why I call myself the golden boy, because uh, love me or hate me, um, what you're going to get is great. And uh, I know that no matter what the cause or the situation, I will rise to it. So that's why it's golden. And then, you know, what better than to do it in the golden state of California? Yeah, as we look at the beautiful Golden Gate Bridge behind you, beautiful scenery, uh, you, you know, again, I... I I kill for that view, right? It's a little different <laughs> right, in, yeah. my, uh, in my recording studio. But the, um, 
So the upcoming Lions Break Crown Tournament, I think, is going to be a great showcase for you. Fans have already gotten to see just a little bit of you on on the uh, New Japan Strong program. So take me down the road uh, ten years from now, and and where do you where do you see yourself being, Jordan, in uh, in the grand scheme of things in professional wrestling? Yeah, no. In ten years, I can say without a doubt that I'm in professional wrestling. I am. Um, you know, hopefully on the wrestling side of things, seeing myself progress and a better version of myself than I ever expected. Um, somebody that's bigger, better, stronger than I've been the day before. And that'll be the next day. So that's always, always my goal and my priority. You might ask where that is. Who knows where that might end, end up being, you know, but wherever it is, I'm going to call it my home. And you can bet that I'll do my best to uh, make it my home. So um, and if it's not wrestling, then it's something else. It doesn't matter what it is, but I will be involved in the industry in some shape or form. For sure. And uh, my number one goal and my top priority is wrestling. Well, I want every young wrestler who is watching this, every young hopeful, a trainee, perhaps maybe somebody who's been struggling uh, to try to find their way. I want everybody to uh, watch this interview and remember this interview and take the lessons that Jordan Clearwater has taught you, because there's a ton of knowledge that you've just been able to absorb from this young man outside of being able to see him in the ring and what he can do physically, but the way he mentally prepares for each and every day and the way he has his two careers running simultaneously full speed ahead. That's how you do it. That's how you live life. It's a recipe for success. I have no doubt in my mind that whatever you set your mind to young man, you're going to find it. So good on you. And I look forward to seeing you compete in this upcoming lions break crown tournament. Yeah, Kevin, thanks for having me, and I'm looking forward to being a part of it and any other opportunities that uh, might come my way with New Japan in the future. Alex Kozlov is a big fan of yours as well. I like Alex. You know, I actually, um, I'm training while I'm out here. I'm training with a number of schools, and uh, one of them's uh, School of Hard Knocks, Jesse Hernandez. And I know Alex was uh, down there recently, and I just missed him, so I was hoping I could talk to him a little bit more. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very glad to hear that, too. Yeah, well, I uh, tell you what, we'll uh, we'll catch up again soon, and uh, we'll follow your progress each and every week on New Japan Strong, and we'll have you back here before too long. I hope so. I hope so. I'm looking forward to our next conversation, Kevin. All right, that's Jordan Clearwater, everybody, in the upcoming Lions Break Crown Tournament. You'll see as part of the New Japan Strong each and every Friday, a brand new episode on NJPWWorld.com. I'm Kevin Kelly, and we'll see you again soon. One of the best parts about the New Japan Strong program each and every week on NJPWWorld.com is the introduction for wrestling fans all over the world to some young up-and-coming stars who are not quite household names yet, but one day could be. And my guest at this time has an upcoming opportunity in the Lions Break Crown Tournament. And Barrett Brown, I've known you for a long time, it feels like, and I am so happy that you've gotten this break, you've gotten this opportunity to compete on New Japan Strong. You get the shot in this upcoming tournament. How are you doing? How's everything? Kevin, I'm doing great. Uh, it, I'm, I'm so happy to be here. I'm beyond words. Um, it, like you said, it's been such a long road to get here. But after 10 long years of scratching and clawing and in this uncertain time, to be back at New Japan Pro Wrestling is a dream come true. We talked in commentary about uh, your road and the journey. So when we look at Texas, we can put, you know, again, 
there's hours to the border on one end of the state, hours to the border on the other end, to the same to the north and to the south. And you can log thousands of miles each and every weekend if you wanted to on shows. Ten years. How many how many miles would you rough estimate you have you have logged in in all of the years and all the travels just within Texas? Just within Texas, thousands. Um, I mean, I've done I've done tours from like Chicago to Detroit, and it would be about the same length as I, as if I go from one side of the state to the other. So I've logged thousands of miles just in the state of Texas, but it just feels good to get out of your home state. You know what I mean? To just travel across the country um, and do what you love. And that's why I love New Japan Pro Wrestling is because I can tell that there's so many people here that have that same passion and drive for this business that I do. Now, of course, uh, you you didn't just fall out of the sky into uh, into New Japan. You've you've been uh, very impressive uh, for years. And and before there was New Japan Strong, you got the chance to compete in Lions Break uh, project shows and things like that. Tell me about like the first time when you got first contacted. What was that moment like for when, oh, my God, I'm going to get to make my debut on a New Japan show? Yeah, that actually came, I believe it was last September when I was a part of the tryout at the L.A. Dojo because I had attended camps and seminars at the dojo. I think I've got like eight to ten lanyards in my living room just from the attendance that I've been at all those camps. But whenever I got the invite to come out to try out, um, immediately after the tryout was over, I got the news. They said, hey, you need to be in Anaheim in December. And I was elated. I can't remember. I can't tell you how many people I called. Just <laughs> how humbled I was to be a part of that. And I think it goes along with, you know, just being in the business for a decade now and getting that kind of a break. It meant the world to me. It, it just, it told me that all this time that I had spent, you know, crying, bleeding, scratching, clawing my way through the business that it wasn't for nothing. And I finally had that shot. I've heard it said that when wrestlers, when they get the opportunity uh, to compete for a, a big promotion, and let's just say for New Japan, they yeah. go, oh my God, I got hired to wrestle for New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> what do I do now? Right. Did you, Was there uh, uh, some pressure on you? Like, now I've got to do something different. Now I've got to do something bigger, more spectacular. Or... Was there a confidence and a belief that what you had showed them was what they wanted to see? It, it was more of a confident situation. Um, I, I knew that ever since I stepped foot into the dojo and started training with uh, Shibata-san and some of the guys, despite my, uh, my foundation I'd laid in Texas, I kept those roots, but the style of New Japan is what I wanted to learn, and that's what I focused on. And I knew that there was a possibility of me getting a chance to debut. And I wanted my mindset to be that no matter what happened, I didn't want to have to get ready. I wanted to be ready. So when the opportunity came that I was already prepared and, so and there was yeah, and confidence already. being ready and staying ready right. during this, you know, time where we're, we're really starting to come out of this shutdown and all, uh, I'm sure it had to be a little bit problematic as, all of a sudden, it's hey, can you be in LA for you know New Japan Strong? Uh, ah! So, but but again, you that that be ready, stay ready mindset, I'm sure served you well. 
It did. Um, I remember, I think that before I got the call, my last show was in the middle of March. So, but I'm also fortunate enough that actually where I live, I have a training facility with the ring and everything. So I've tried to stay on top of my craft, even though I haven't, you know, been in the show in so long. I just focused on my fundamentals and staying ready instead of having to prepare because when I got the call, I think it was a week in advance and I was like, Oh man, it's happening. I'm glad that I'm prepared. Um, I'm a very mental person. You know, I get very in my head about these kind of things, but knowing that it could happen, I'm just very glad that I stayed prepared. So in this upcoming Lions Break Crown tournament, uh, it's eight wrestlers, a lot like you. You're not alone in this because seven other guys want the exact same thing that you want. And that's the break. That's the opportunity. Uh, Alex Kozlov, you know, said when we talked about this tournament, he said the most important word in the name of this tournament is break because the winner of this will get, you know, enormous opportunities down the road. How much pressure are you feeling with this uh, with this tournament right around the corner? I'm, I'm definitely feeling the pressure, but I, I love this kind of pressure. This is a big match mentality going into it. And I've always thrived under this. I've made a career over the last 10 years out of proving people wrong and coming into this and being probably what's going to be a relative unknown. I think that could benefit me because in my head, I'm not going to be that guy that's going to be looking at having an internet GIF go viral. I'm coming into this to make a statement and to win. That is my mindset and my mental capacity is to whatever it costs to make a name for myself and to earn my spot at New Japan Pro Wrestling. Man, I'll tell you, so we've we've seen the weeks unfold here on New Japan Strong, and uh, as every week goes by, I just see Bullet Club getting stronger and stronger. And I just don't know if there is an answer for all their horsepower that they have. Right. Maybe I'm wrong, though, Barrett. Tell me. Is, is there something, is there a unifying force with everyone else that can put their own egos aside and stand as one, stand strong, and stand up against Bullet Club? Because they're running through everybody. They're running rampant. You're absolutely right. And I think it's going to take some kind of a single-minded, cohesive unit to come together to put them away. Because, you know, it's almost every month you see a new member get added to the Bullet Club. So the ranks continue to rise. So it's hard to say who it's going to be that will have to stop them, but it's got to be people that are committed to New Japan Pro Wrestling to almost saving New Japan Pro Wrestling because they pretty much got a hostage at this point. So I guess time will tell, but I think that I think that the right mindsets can get it done. Well, I certainly see you as as one of those young leaders in that regard because it's a uh, like I said, I've known you for a long time, and you. every time I've ever run across you, it's always been work hard and work harder tomorrow. If you don't get the opportunity today, that doesn't mean tomorrow will be denied, and, and I think that that mindset carries over very well. I want to ask you quickly about learning from Shibata-san and, and the idea of unlearning what you already knew how much um because i've talked about this with gabe kid so uh, gabe had started as a pro at 14 and at 22 la dojo but had to basically unlearn everything that he had learned 
and and do it Shabbat's way. So how much of Shabbat's style and teachings have you been able to incorporate into what you do? I almost unlearned everything when I stepped into the dojo. I, I knew going in that I had to kind of throw out every bit of what I learned in Texas and all this groundwork. I knew it was going to be completely different here. It took me a little bit to adjust. Um, you know, my first time at the dojo, I had already had eight years under my belt in the business. So it was kind of humbling having to do that. But my headspace was also, I knew that this is what I wanted. And still being in my 20s and being so young, I knew that I know that I still have time. And I, I want to be that guy that I don't want to know everything about one aspect of pro wrestling. I want to know a little bit of every aspect of pro wrestling so that it doesn't matter who I'm in there with. Like my nickname, 50 caliber. I want to be a caliber ahead of everybody. So I'm prepared for anyone that I'm in there with. And to go into that dojo, learn under one of the best coaches, in my opinion, in the world, I was more than willing to throw away pretty much everything that I learned before that point. Yeah. In order to get everything that you want, you have to throw away everything that you have. Absolutely. It's a... It's a fascinating mindset. Uh, Barrett, you get, if you get the opportunity, if things uh, continue to go well for you, uh, you're going to be part of the junior heavyweight division in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, and it's a very competitive field. Um, I, I would imagine that be, you being the type of guy that you are, you're already looking down the road and you see some dream matches and you see some dream opponents you know, in a year, two years, however long it takes, who could you see yourself competing against? Talk to me about that scene, what that's like, who have you envisioned competing against? I will be completely honest and it could shock some people, but one of my dream matches has always been Kenta. Uh, I, I have always wanted to test my physicality against one of the best pure strikers in the world. And I see nobody else anywhere in the world that could test me in that regard other than Kenta. So if I had to name the top guy on my list, I would say Kenta would be my dream match currently at New Japan Pro Wrestling. Well, again, you look at the way Kenta has, has maintained uh, junior heavyweight uh, on the scale, but has always hit with heavyweight power and is certainly the measuring stick for that hybrid style, being able to cross the weight classes uh, and really one of the things that we've seen in New Japan in 2020, of course, has is, is been more of this blended open weight type of thing because of, you know, the shutdown and everything. Uh, I could see you hanging with a Kenta. I could see you hanging with the big boys because you hit hard and you move aggressively and with purpose. Uh, there's there's no wasted motion and and there's, uh, there's something behind everything that you do. And I think that that's going to bode well. Uh, it minimizes mistakes. And you take advantage of opportunities. Uh, I, I, I don't want to jinx you because I'm terrible at these things, but you're one of my favorites in this tournament. And I, I, I look forward to seeing you go far. I really appreciate, appreciate that, Kevin. I, uh, again, it's not just that I'm happy to be here, but it's, it's more than that. I know that's such a cliche to say, but it's not so much now about being happy to be here. Now it's about taking full advantage of the opportunity. And that's what I plan to do. Well, you said it exactly right. And I think that that's, uh, that's exactly what you need to do. I expect you to do that uh, fully, uh, full-hearted. 
effort, as always, from Barrett Brown. Uh, so, 50 caliber Barrett Brown is going to be part of the field of eight in the upcoming Lions Break Crown Tournament. You'll see all the tournament matches from start to finish on New Japan Strong, and it is available each and every week, a brand new episode on njpwworld.com. Barrett, I want to thank you for your time, and I'll be talking to you down the road. So another preview of the upcoming Lions Break Crown Tournament. We're talking to all the participants, and we're really excited. You'll see the entire tournament unfold. New Japan Strong each and every Friday night. Brand new episodes on njpwworld.com. I got Logan Regal here with me, who I've known for a long time, but we just got to meet recently for the first time. I have known yep. you for years and years and years because of our common friends within this industry. How you doing, my man? Yes, I'm good. How are you, sir? Good. Everything's lovely. It was yes. uh, it was great getting to finally meet you face-to-face. Our pal Chris Goff, of course, who we got to send our love to big country. Yes, big country. Send, send the love to big country. He was, of course, uh, part of uh, Metro Pro uh, there in the Kansas City area and yep. has been uh, active in uh, wrestling promotion for years and years after he was my intern when we were together in WWE. So, Good old big country. Can't go he's wrong. A, uh, he's a, uh, a big-time Mizzou guy, and, and we're big-time. Me and my brother are big-time Kansas guys, so we always we butt heads with the sport, so it's fun. Well, it's fun always butting heads with him. About time to uh, straighten you butt heads out. <laughs> Are you a Mizzou guy too? No, I am a Florida State fan. I graduated okay. from there. So Florida State, Florida State. Come on, uh, but you can't go wrong with Big Twelve football, and you can't go wrong with uh, Gridiron Saturdays. No doubt about it. So you, you and your brother, the Regal Twins, I are just a becoming a household name, if you will, on the independent scene as far as tag team wrestling is concerned. A lot of people say it's a lost art, but you guys yes. are bringing it back in a big way. I'm trying to. That's uh, Thanks for saying that about being a household name in indie wrestling. I don't, I don't feel like we really like got an opportunity to really uh, do a whole heck of a lot when it comes to the indie stuff, but I appreciate that. I don't feel like we're household names yet. I think we're working towards it, but I appreciate that. It means a lot. When you, when you look at the competitive landscape and you look out there and you see, well, who are the actual teams? You yeah. know, there's, there's not as many pure teams as there used to be. And I think you guys can really jump to the forefront, you know, on a much quicker basis uh, because yeah. of just – the the fact that you guys stand out so so you know so prominently in within the division yeah and i i man that just hearing you say that means a lot too man so i really appreciate that but yeah we try to just uh we really just try to be ourselves i mean um yeah i mean we've it's weird that like a lot of people bring up tag team wrestling uh kind of like dwindling or, or what have you but for us it's it's just kind of the something that we've 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 been tag team wrestling our whole lives, yeah. so like yeah, transitioning into transitioning into the ring. It's one of those things where it's 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 for us. It's like we just go in there and just we just it's what it, it, it's just it's so natural for me and my brother. So it's what you did when fun. you were kids. Exactly, exactly. Were you so the best in your neighborhood? Did anybody whip you and you know 
Yeah, I can't imagine that. Whether it was in the pool no. or on the trampoline, you guys probably had uh, you got your we, hand we raised every time. Yeah, we teamed up on everybody. Now, are you guys the only siblings in the family? Yes, only siblings. Just, just us two. Just well, again, you, you know that that's all we needed right there. We could stop. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what my parents thought too because they were. It was us two, and that was it. Well, you guys were probably more than a handful. Your poor parents. Yeah, I would. I, yeah, we were. We definitely were. What was life like growing up for you two? Um, it was great, man. We uh, we played sports. Uh, we did we did everything together. So we just it was pretty much just you know activities, playing sports, and then sports led to wrestling, and then that was kind of we started watching wrestling in '98, and that was once we started seeing that it was off to the races with that and that's what we pretty much obsessed with our whole childhood was professional wrestling we talk about you know the uh the ability as a team the best teams have that innate quality to communicate non-verbally the other one knows what the other is thinking and you guys really have that advantage they always say you know that that uh, Twins will have like you know the uh, communication, the, the another language or whatever they might. Uh, is that something that you and your brother have between you? Um, twin telepathy is what I think it's called. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. A lot of people always ask, like, do we feel each other's pain? But I don't. It's I don't think it's. I think it's more of like we sense. We can kind of like sense. We have twin senses, especially in the ring with how we move and when we do our double team moves, like it's just, it just, we just flow like one. It's crazy. It almost feels like an out of body experience when we wrestle. It's, it's interesting like, because I've noticed that when I've seen you guys compete, that there is, there's no wasted motion. There is just precise timing when you land and then your brother lands, you never land on top of each other everything just flows like water it's it's magic when you guys get that, rolling yeah and that's just me and my brother just going out there and just and just letting it loose uh like i said it's like an outer body experience because we really try to just do everything as one in there whether it's double team moves whether it's moving at the same time whether it's you know uh alley-ooping each other with another man or you know giving dishes whatever it is in the ring it's just like when we're in there it's it's we're working as one all the time now because your brother has been competing over in england and then was there during you know covid shutdown and everything uh we have had the opportunity on new japan strong to see you compete with a variety of partners in different tag team matches has that been difficult for you um it has um, as far as kind of obviously tag team wrestling is, is really the only wrestling that I know. Um, I've, I've had singles matches here and there, but uh, the major, I mean, let's say 98% of my wrestling has been tag matches. So as far as what goes on in the ring, I'm used to, but not having your twin brother partner is always weird because you just, you never know how you're going to, you know, connect with the guys you're in there with. So it's just different. And when you're in there with your brother, you don't really have to worry about any of that. It really is a trust factor more than anything else, I bet, right? Exactly. And that's what a lot, I feel like a lot of singles wrestlers don't realize is how much the teamwork really makes uh, just 
the teamwork makes the the stuff that goes on in the ring like it makes it be a huge ordeal for tag team wrestling like the team for us the teamwork is everything so when singles guys don't really want to work as a team in tag team wrestling it always like it kind of just i'm always like what do you want to why, what are you doing but it's one of those things where i feel like it's it's tag team wrestling when you're in there with somebody like when you're in there with your, your twin brother it's it's easy to just shut off and go when you're in there with somebody else you have to always be thinking about what they're doing how they're moving uh and even the small stuff you know just like where their headspace is at during the match you know what one minute they can be cool the next minute they cannot be cool with you you know so it's 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 always interesting being in there with somebody else especially when it's a different guy that's not your brother um we're going to talk a little inside baseball here folks i i've always I always loved your matches that you had with another brother team, Hootie and Anaya. Yes. Because of, and they were sort of the polar opposites of you guys yeah. as they were always on the verge of fighting each other. And, yes. and then you guys were always able to keep things together. It was, those yeah. were always great matches. I really enjoyed them. Yeah. Those are some of our funnest matches. We're working those two, two guys. Cause yeah, they're just, they're just crazy in there. <laughs> they're crazy. They are. They're out of their minds. But again, the competition in New Japan is a different level. And obviously, Bullet Club uh, is kind of ruling the roost in terms of New Japan strong. You know, you've got the Gorillas of Destiny uh, out there, of course. And, you know, I think they're almost to that point where they're ready for teams to step up and face them because they're they've yes. kind of uh, gone through everybody so far. So I look forward for you and your brother to get that opportunity against the gorillas at some point. Yeah. I mean, any opportunity like that, I mean, we, we want to face that on. We're willing to test ourselves against anybody and a team like God that's uh, we've been watching them forever. So uh, it would be fun to, uh, to lock up with them and see just to see where we're at, you know, <clears throat> And the opportunity to compete, uh, you guys would, would uh, technically be in the junior heavyweight division. So the, uh, you know, of course, great tag team wrestling in the junior heavyweights oh, yeah. in, in New Japan with the uh, annual Super Junior Tag League and teams like Rapongi 3K, really the first that come to mind. Uh, there's, you know, with the future, with the tag team titles, they're going to be uh, up for grabs here soon. Uh, you know, again, I would imagine that has to be the goal for you and your brother. Yeah, I mean, for us, the goal was always to to get to Japan. And then when the opportunity with New Japan came about, uh, it's something that it was just a huge opportunity for us. And ever since then, we've been kind of just working towards that. And uh, just the the junior tag tag division is something that we've we've always had our eye on the minute we step foot in the wrestling business. So being able to just uh, see a future in competing in that uh just in that that style of wrestling that style of tag team wrestling is just something that we're, we're i think we're ready for and i think we're ready for the test whether it be you know good test bad test i think that's what we we want now is just we want to be tested we want to see where we're at and we're we're ready to just go out there and you know prove ourselves because that's what uh i feel like a lot of, i feel like people aren't people may not really know of us right now so being able to go on New Japan TV and New Japan Strong, I think it's our main ob- objective is just to prove ourselves. And you will certainly continue to have that opportunity. 
while brother's been in England, you've been uh, holding down the fort on New Japan strong, and you've got this singles opportunity. Uh, yes. And again, you said 98% of your matches are tags. 98%. You compete in Lions Break Crown. And uh, it's a single elimination knockout tournament format with eight hungry guys just like yourself. And they all want to be the first to be, be called the Lions Break Crown tournament winner. What kind of pressure is that going to be? Uh, I mean, it's a lot of pressure. Like I said, I mean, I've been watching New Japan stuff since I was a kid. So just just being able to step foot in the ring, uh, it's, cra- it's crazy for me. But uh, pressure is something that I, I enjoy. Uh, I feel like it brings out the best of me and my brother. But I feel like as a competitor, pressure is something that I, I want. So the more pressure, the better for me. So um, obviously, like I said, 98% of my matches are tag matches. But pressure makes diamonds, Kevin. So, I mean, I'm, here, right. to, I'm here to just <laughs> – I'm here to make diamond, brother. Well, that's how you're going to do it. And, again, you know, being thrown into the deep end of the pool in a uh, competitive tournament like this I think is going to be yeah. uh, a great, great opportunity for you, whether you come out victorious in the end or not. You're going you're gonna to come out a better wrestler, more well-rounded wrestler, and everything will be right once the Regal Twins are back in action on New Japan Strong. Yes. So, you, so how have you been uh, celebrating the Kansas City Chiefs uh, Super Bowl victory? Oh, I haven't stopped celebrating, to be honest. <laughs> no, it's been – it's honestly for the city, to see it for the city. Now, the Royals won the World Series a few years back, but uh, as far as the foot, the this Kansas City has always been a big, a huge football city. And uh, so being, being born and raised here and seeing uh, just the city just live and die by every season and then, you know – if if you're familiar with the NFL at all, you've known the Chiefs haven't been all that great for the past 20 years. So uh, we got a quarterback, and then he went us won us a Super Bowl. So it's been just great to see the city grow from it, and just to see just everybody be happy. And uh, I can't believe the season's about to start in like 15 days. I was I was talking to my buddies. I was like, the season starts in 15 days. It's crazy. It seems like we were just watching the Super Bowl. Right. And obviously, you know, again, one big moment, one big victory can turn things around for an entire city. And again, Logan Regal will be bringing Kansas City with him when he competes in the Lions Break Crown Tournament. And we'll see what happens there. I know you're going to give it your best. We're looking forward to the effort. We can't wait to see it. And we're looking forward to uh, the Regal Twins returning to action on New Japan Strong here. Very, very soon. All right, my man. Well, I want to thank you for your time. We'll be talking to you again soon. Best of luck in this upcoming tournament. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Logan Regal, everybody. And we'll have more exclusive interviews right here for you. And make sure you check out the latest episodes of New Japan Strong each and every Friday on NJPWWorld.com. New episodes drop every Friday at 10 Eastern on NJPWWorld.com. One of the bright young stars we've come to get to know here on New Japan Strong is my guest at this time, Danny Limelight, who has been... Man, just a, a great story, my friend. I've really enjoyed getting to see you compete, getting to learn about you, and I think the best is yet to come. How are you doing? How are you doing, Kevin? First of all, I just want to take a second to thank you for having me here. Um, 
super, super grateful for this opportunity. And I'm super excited to be part of, you know, Lions Break, to be a part of the New Japan roster. And I've just been having a, a blast with it. You know, it's been a real humbling experience. And I'm just super excited to see where it's going. You know, I've been receiving a lot of positive feedback from a lot of people online and just just humbling experience and I'm, I'm honored to be part of this team so thank you so much yeah it's it's my pleasure and and again your story is a is a great one we'll talk about uh your military background your service to this country and all the things you've done leading up to this point but of course you know the lions break crown tournament right around the corner it's a yes, knockout format eight top young stars everybody's starving beyond hungry everybody's starving oh, everybody wants the shot everybody wants to be crowned king you know and and uh I, I, from what i'm hearing i don't know i could be wrong you know from what i see and what i'm hearing is there's a lot of lot of talent a lot of upcoming talent in this in this tournament so stoked to be a part of it but definitely definitely not sleeping on my opponents you know no and it, again the the idea of competing in you know relative obscurity making a name for yourself slowly starting to grow and then all of a sudden Coming out like a shot on Lions Break Collision and getting that first opportunity uh, and and to see how you've continued to grow week after week on New Japan Strong, it has been great. But I bet it's it's been quite a change for you. It, it definitely has been, you know, um, coming up wrestling on the independent scene. You know, I get to travel around, get to wrestle, wrestle a bunch of talented guys from all over the United States and Mexico included. And then now stepping into what I consider to be the big leagues you know, with New Japan and, and and now being in the ring with guys like TJ Perkins, you know, Rocky Romero, you know, Bullet Club members and and, and then the li- the young Lions themselves, you know, there's, there's just a different level of talent that, that I haven't been in the ring with before. So, you know, stepping into the ring the first time, getting my feet wet at Lions Break Collision in the ring with somebody as experienced, as, as internationally traveled and as successful as TJ Perkins, that was a straight shot to the gut right off the jump that I was not expecting. Um, and then, you know, stepping into the ring with guys like Mysterioso and then tag teaming against, you know, Adrian Quest and Rocky and just really getting my feet wet in, in, in New Japan pro wrestling has been it's been challenging. But I believe that that what I've continued to show on, on a weekly basis that my tenacity, my 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 understanding, my knowledge of my opponents and, and how this whole system works in New Japan has been growing and I've just been trying to adapt weekly. And that's something that you brought up that the military taught me, you know, it's just being able to stay in the fight, regardless of who my opponent is, and being able to adapt and overcome all odds. And I've just been trying to stay aggressive and I've been trying to stay, you know, grounded at the same time because aside from being in the ring, you know, just just thinking to myself, being a part of this team, being a part of this roster is just it's something that I never thought would happen when I first, you know, started training to be a prof- professional wrestler. And now that I'm there, it's like, it's like, it's like a wow feeling, you know, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it, it gives me this feeling of like, like I, I've achieved something that a lot of people can't do. And, and it's a privilege and an honor. And I just want to make sure that every week when I go out there, I step into the ring that I'm doing the best I can and showing that I belong. Boy, you can uh, definitely feel the enthusiasm uh, as we talk, and and it's just been great. Uh, now, of course, your military background—you served in the Marine Corps, and uh, you know I've told the story during commentary. You were a drill sergeant. You were the guy who was in the the, so, the trainees' uh, faces, right? I I joined the Marine Corps when I was 17 years old in 2009, um, and I went to Marine Corps boot camp in South Carolina. I began my journey as every other Marine does, making my way through the ranks. You know deployments, traveling the world far and few, and, and just grinding. And then eventually when I became a sergeant, 
Um, I fell into the top 10%. I was selected to go to drill instructor school. I went to drill instructor school. So like the army is called drill sergeants and the Marines are called drill instructors. Drill instructor. Yes. Drill instructors. Yes. I went to drill instructor school. I graduated number one out of my class, you know, and then from there I was awarded, you know, the, 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 the non-commissioned officer sword and the statue and just like, I felt like that, that pride of belonging. And then I went into the trenches is what we called it. I was part of, you know, second battalion Fox company and then second battalion, um, golf company. I did two companies and I trained over 350 recruits. You know, I was in their face, grinding them out, pushing them to their limits, breaking them down, building them back up and just seeing these young men coming through 18 year old men, 17 year old men, all the way to, you know, age 27 uh, from all over, you know, the West coast side of the Mississippi river. Um, and, and, and here in San Diego, California, it was just an humbling experience being able to mold them and, and, and teach them the ways of being a Marine and that honor, courage, commitment, and that pride of belonging and that feeling of serving your country. And, and then watching them walk across the parade deck 13 weeks later, they graduate their little privates and privates first class. And they're so proud and their family is hugging them and, and they're feeling, you know, uh, that, that, that feel of accomplishments. And they're telling me, thank you for this and that. And, and really, you know, it's, it's those young men and women that join the military, all branch, any branch doesn't really matter. They volunteer at 18 years old or younger and, and they go serve, you know, and, and, and me just being able to have a hand in that and just being able to help mentor and, and train was, was amazing. 350 Marines I was able to train and, and I'm, I'm super, super thankful for the opportunity. Well, again, you, you've affected, positively affected all of those lives and all those families. So I think your, your contribution to the military, uh, you know, to the Marine Corps and to the safety that all Americans enjoy, it cannot be understated at all. And we really thank appreciate that. And thank you for your service. The, um, the, you mentioned Rocky Romero, and of course, when I talk to young wrestlers, and especially anybody from California, obviously Rocky is, you know, he is a household name to, yes. to so many of you. Uh, but what has it been like getting sort of that nod that Rocky gave you to be like, mm, you might be somebody I could keep an eye on. You could be something. Did that put more pressure on you? Um. Honestly, you know, I met Rocky the first time when I was a young wrestler coming up, you know, on the independent scene, Annex Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. And, and it was just something about his energy, the way he carried himself, his, his charisma, his, his in-ring abilities. You know, he's, he was one of the guys that I, you know, that I had on my list of guys I've always wanted to wrestle, you know, Rocky Romero, you know, and, and seeing him say what he said on Twitter and then seeing the fans react to it and just being in the ring with him and seeing his style and, and I, I mean, everybody was watching, you know, like I, I feel like we had some kind of like energy that, that just vibrated off each other. You know, it was almost like, you know, some of the people that were tweeting and posting was like, oh, like a young version of Rocky Romero in there with the old version. You know, and, I, and it, it's it, it was pressure, but but I took it as a challenge mm -hmm. and, and it was like, OK, if he thinks this is all I got or he thinks he wants to keep an eye on me. Now, let me give him a reason to get in the ring with me. Now, let me give him a reason to step his game up to see that, you know, I'm coming, Rocky. Like, I'm coming for your spot. You know, like, I, I, you gave me that blessing in a way, and now I'm going to show you why I deserve the blessing. And then, you know, this is one of those 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 businesses where we're going to lock horns. We're going to get in the ring. We're going to step across the, you know, and, and we did that. And, and it's just, it felt good. It, it, it felt like one of those, like, 
I don't want to say check in the box because I feel like it takes away from from what it actually was. But it was like a yeah, earn that man's respect. And if I if he didn't give it to me yet, when he steps into the ring with me one on one over and over and time and time again, he's gonna it's gonna become that that mutual respect. Because I've well, already- I'll let you in on a little something, and this isn't anything Rocky told me, but this is just this is me knowing Rocky and and seeing him. His goal is to be the junior heavyweight champion. He wants to be the IWGP junior heavyweight champion. He held it as Black Tiger, but never as Rocky Romero. Right. He is pushing himself to make that run. And he's not necessarily looking at you as somebody who he can just help, even though he can, but he is looking at you, somebody who can push him to get him ready for his ultimate goal. Right. Well, I'll let you in on a little secret that I believe to be the case, but that's part of the reason. I think he saw something special with you, Danny. That's like, this guy's going to make me better and get me ready for what I need to accomplish before I can ever think of hanging him up. And, and, I, and I take that as a huge compliment, but on the on retrospect, on the flip side of that, that's something that I'm looking at as a long-term goal as well. Ah. And if there's anybody that can get me there is somebody who's held the championship before. Yes. That's black tiger. But the man underneath the mask, you know, it was Rocky Romero. And, and if Rocky Romero is, is, is pushing that way in the future, and maybe that's the person I want to grab onto, you know, and see where that takes me. And eventually, hey, maybe he does become champion and I'm the guy standing across the ring for him right after looking for, looking for a shot at the championship one day. You know, one, and, and all of that is a distinct possibility, no doubt about it. But I think a big kind of looming overarching uh, problem for everybody on New Japan Strong is the power and presence of Bullet Club. They have too much horsepower, too many bodies, too too much unity. I just don't know how anybody is ever going to be able to accomplish their goal if a member of Bullet Club says, I want the same goal. So you're going to have to, at some point in time, you and everybody else in the other locker room are going to have to come together and decide we need to come. We need to do something about Bullet Club because they're going to run us out of the building. You know, um, when I think of Bullet Club, they're they're tactful, they're smart, they're cohesive, they're a unit, and they move as they move like you know not 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 at Flip Gordon, but they move like mercenaries. They move with with one thing in mind: money and championships and gold, and, and they they move like a pack of wolves when you least expect it. Here's one, here's another one until they get the upper hand and it works for them every time. And what I don't understand is that how this has gone on for so long and nobody's been able to stop it. Because I think, because I don't think people are willing to put their egos aside the way Bullet Club has. They check their ego at the door, man. and, And they are all for one and one for all. But if you look at the guys, Jay White, Kenta, um, Hikaru, Tama, Chase, all these guys are all individual, you know, and many, many more. They're all individual stars alone, and they're together as one. And you look at the history of Bullet Club, all the people that have have been part of that 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 unit. It's it's just been champions after champions after champions who were able to put their ego aside and work as a team. And I feel like, why can't anybody else do that? Or, 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 or better yet, you know, I, I've I've I, you know I've, I've been grounded. I've been in the fight. You know, like I'm not afraid to be outnumbered. I'm not afraid to, 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 to have my back against the wall and fight, you know, and we'll see, we'll see if, if I ever step into the ring with Bullet Club. We'll see if I ever, if I've ever approached this situation. I know it's only a matter of time. 
before well, maybe one of them sees me as a threat and want to take me out. It would be uh, interesting to see, but I'm just putting it out there because, again, that, that challenge that lays before you is not just about, you know, Lions Break Crown, not just eventually getting there with, with you and Rocky and how that all shakes out, but, again, worrying about Bullet Club as well. So talk to me about uh, your involvement with the, with the Marine Corps now. Uh, you know, again, once a Marine, always a Marine. So how has active duty life now changed for Danny on a day-in, day-out basis? What do you do? Well, I am a veteran now. Um, I exited the Marine Corps in October of 2019. Um, and, and honestly, I kind of like stepped away. You know, I have my uniforms are still in my closet hanging. Um, while I was in the Marine Corps, I was a youth sports, a volunteer youth sports coach. So I coached basketball and baseball. And a lot of the kids that I coached, they're on their, you know, some of them are about to graduate high school now. Some of them already enlisted in the Marine Corps. You know, um, a lot of my recruits that I that I trained into Marines, they're they're becoming corporals and sergeants, and they're looking at becoming drill instructors and and advancing in their careers. So now I'm, you know, once a Marine, always a Marine. But I don't put the uniform on anymore. Um, I when I, when my phone call, my phone rings, and it's a Marine. You know, I, I answer. They're looking for advice, mentorship, guidance, how to deal with you know, small unit leadership problems, because that's one of the biggest things in the Marine Corps that makes us such an amazing fighting force is small unit leadership. And I feel like when my phone rings majority of the time, it's, it's a young sergeant or a young corporal. Hey, hey, staff sergeant, you know what I'm like? Hey, you just call me Daniel now, you know, and like staff sergeant, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, how do I handle this, this troubled Marine or this Marine that's dealing with financial problems, or this Marine that can't show up on time or whatever the case may be. And it's just how to work through problems that's at, at the small unit level. Um, so that's what I do now. You know, if my phone rings, I'm, I'm always there for them, you know, especially my, my recruits and my old Marines that were in my platoon that I was under my charge. And I just answer questions. And sometimes, you know, they just call to chat and check, check, check on me, see how I'm doing and, I see them on, on social media and I check on them, make sure their families are okay and stuff like that. And it's all love. It's, 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 it's a, a blessing being part of the brotherhood. You know, my brothers and sisters that I served with, they're out there doing amazing things right now. Some of them have exited the, the military as well and they're going to school or they're pursuing, you know, their careers and stuff like that. And it's just awesome to see, like, you know, when I was growing up in, in Brooklyn, New York, like I didn't, I didn't kick it with certain types of people. And I feel like the Marine Corps opened my eyes to like, all types of people and, and being able to, to be, be one in a, in a unit with people that I never would have talked to perhaps when I was growing up, you know, because they weren't part of a certain crowd or whatever the case may be. And the Marine Corps did that. It brought me, you know, to all these people from all over the United States and the world that, and, and it just made us a family and, and like a distant family. But one that I know that if, if I need something or they need something, the phone's always going to get picked up. So well, it's, 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 it's been just great to see your growth and development. And as as the time goes on, Danny, do you do you look down the road? Like, where do you see yourself, you know, say in 10 years in pro wrestling? Uh, you know, it could be a lifetime from now, but what's the I, what's the ultimate goal? I just want to be like you, like you, like you said, Rocky Romero, a household name. I want to be a household name in 10 years. I want I want everyone to know who Danny Limelight is. And I want to be wrestling on everybody's TV screen. I want to be traveling with the biggest companies. I want to be a champion. I want to be someone that's respected and that people that people write on their list. I want to have a match with, you know, Danny Limelight. I want to, I want to, I want to learn from Danny Limelight. That's what I want to be doing in the wrestling business. I want to be, you know, 
signed to a major company, doing amazing things and, and making my daughter proud because she loves watching wrestling. You know, by then, who you make about to make me feel a little bit old, but in 10 years, she'll be 16 driving in her little car. You know, and I just hope that she, she wouldn't mind still watching her dad or saying that that's her dad on TV. Somebody comes over and wants to date your daughter. Uh, knock, knock, knock. Maybe yeah, that. They maybe better that, know that when I answer. The uniform <laughs> goes back on. <laughs> I'll still, I'll still make sure I'm in shape to fit it. You know, I'll be in great shape still. Put the uniform on, shave the face, put the cap in. Can you see them hanging on the wall over there? Just yep. ready to rock. <laughs> Man, that would be awesome. All right. Well, listen. I want to wish you the best of luck in this upcoming Lions Break Crown tournament. I know you're going to do big things. I look forward to seeing you continue your success on New Japan Strong. It's been a fabulous ride. I'm glad to be a part of it and help tell your story. Thank you so much, Kevin. All right. Danny Limelight's our guest, and we'll see him with new episodes of New Japan Strong each and every Friday on NJPWWorld.com. You'll see a whole lot more of Danny Limelight. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Continuing our series of interviews with the athletes you'll see competing in the upcoming Lions Break Crown Tournament. Hi, everybody. I'm Kevin Kelly. Thanks for joining us once again. Great host of athletes in the uh, field of eight. And I got the DKC with me right now. The DKC is in the house. That's right. Karate chop it up. Dude, I am so excited for you. You are like a ball of energy when you come out like it, you look like you are having so much fun out there yeah that's right i bring my heart into every match to try to you know put the dkc stamp on everything i do well i know uh, you know the dkc is more than just a professional wrestler you've got uh, you've got a lot of projects going on right now like the one that's over your shoulder Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, quarantine, and, you know, got to find something to do. You know, just paint it up, you know, trying to, you know, explore all aspects, you know, of the art. You're an amazing man. Look at you. A renaissance man. Yeah, there um, you go. So, uh, you know, the first introduction that many people had to the DKC was during Lions Break Collision. And now uh, we've seen you a couple times on New Japan Strong. How was the... To, uh, talk me, talk to me about when you first were asked to compete on these shows. How did you feel? You know what? I was so stoked because coming from working ring crew and going to the camps and, you know, they, they see something in you and you're not sure, you know, when's going to be your shot. And then they get, I get the call and this is my shot. I was, I was so happy. I was like, I had a smile on my face the whole day. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, this is my chance to show the world what the DKC can do. So uh, we've talked during commentary about your uh, karate background, your martial arts background. Talk to me about how the training began. Was it something that you did as a kid? Yeah, yeah. I've been doing martial arts since I was little, and that really, it's it's a really solid base for me. You know, whenever I have... A, a challenge I think back to the training and I just like man like I know I can persevere I know I can overcome this because of that training like I have what it takes to like rise up to the challenge when the uh when when the call when the itch came to get into professional wrestling what was what was that like was that a conversation you had to have with family uh was that just something you decided to do on your own or is it something you always wanted to do uh so uh so yeah i 
I saw a tryout, you know, I'm gonna throw a little shout out if I can for uh, Santino Brothers Dojo out in LA and I saw a tryout and I'm like, you know what, I can do this. I, I have the skills, I, I, I'm in shape. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go give it a shot. And I've always been a fan of pro wrestling. So yeah, I thought like, I, I, I have what it takes to, to do it. And I did the tryout and, you know, they liked what they saw and they, they took me in and, and yeah, I started training out, out at Santino's. And with um, New Japan Pro Wrestling now being uh, more, much more of a global brand and, and much more accessible to athletes in the United States, was was New Japan a, a, a dream destination for you or was it something that didn't even come? I'll tell you this, I'll say it this way. Because when I was an announcer, and it, whether it was during my time with WWE or with Ring of Honor, it wasn't until I really got the opportunity to work with New Japan that I ever thought, I'm going to wind up as an announcer with New Japan. It just seemed like so far-fetched. But for wrestlers, of course, it's a little different. Was that something you always wanted to do? Right. It, it was something I always wanted to, wanted to do, uh, end up in New Japan. I, I hear all the uh, old school guys saying they go over to Japan and really like learn the, the sport. And uh, so I really had it in my mind. I wanted to get to New Japan and uh, New Japan had these camps going around. They really want to put, yeah, uh, make that global audience. And I was like, yeah, this is where I want to be coming from my martial arts background. Uh, this is something that I can see you really taking off for me. So uh, does anybody ever get you down? Because you're just a, like a beacon of positivity. You're intense. But what gets you, what gets on your nerves? Come on. Oh, shoot. You know, if, if someone doesn't come into the ring ready to bring it, like, like I am, you know, ready to go out there for a fight, you know, that's, that's something that gets on my nerves. But other than that, I try to, I try to stay positive, try to, you know, fight for, uh, being happy, you know, like, yeah, I put my love into the sport and that's where I shine. It's a, um, the DKC is such a, it sticks in my head. Like right before I was getting ready to do this interview, I, I told my wife, I'm getting ready to go interview the DKC. And she said, DKC, I swear. Like it <laughs> is. And she didn't, she hadn't, I hadn't spoken of you before. It's just that it's in your head and you can't get it out. Once it's there, it's like that song, you know? Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. Have you always been the DKC, though? Let me ask you that, when you were a kid. Oh, yeah, you know, I want to be right there in your head, you know, always uh, picking you up. You can't say it without a smile, the DKC. It's just, yeah, yeah again, it's... Um, it's energy, it is positivity, and all of that definitely comes through in your wrestling. We see that. Now, uh, you know, in the uh, not-too-distant future, we'll be seeing the Lions Break Crown Tournament. And Alex Kozlov had made the point that the key word to that is break. Because what the winning this whole thing could mean. Uh, what, do you, what does that mean to you? What does that, that kind of break mean to the DKC? Oh, that means the world. That means putting my name right there at the top uh, of uh, the young lions in this business, the young talent in this business. And it's uh, right up my alley doing tournaments. You know, I've been doing tournaments since I was a little kid. So 
Yeah, uh, yeah, it means the world to me. I really, I really want to make the DKC known. So when you were a kid, were you more of a Miyagi Do kid or more of a Cobra Kai kid? Oh, okay. Well, if we're gonna get into it, yeah, I guess maybe a little bit more Cobra Kai kid. You know, I don't know. I think I've settled out now, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, as a kid, definitely a Cobra Kai. <laughs> Um, so I know that with professional wrestling being, you know, now coming back online, but obviously there was a, you know, a hiatus for a bit. Was it difficult to stay in ring shape? Because you came into Lions Break Collision like you hadn't missed a beat. Right. Yeah. I, I try to keep up with my cardio. I have a little bit of weight set here and uh, yeah, getting training in it was definitely difficult, you know, finding uh, maybe a partner you trust to like test pot or test negative and stuff like that. Like that's, you know, it's going to be hard to find, you know, like, Hey, can you go test and then we can train now? Yeah, it's going to be hard, but I came in in shape. I was doing my sprints. I have a nice big hill right next to me right now, you know, and you know, I'm up there freaking 10 times. Yeah. So I, I came in shape, so I'm definitely in good shape. Well, I think the fans will certainly see that in this uh, in this upcoming tournament, and we'll be seeing you going forward uh, on New Japan Strong. I want to wish you the best of luck. I'm enjoying getting to know you, getting to call your matches. It's a whole lot of fun, and that that positivity really is infectious, my man. Keep it up. Great, thank you so much. Yeah. All right, so there's the DKC, everybody. Look for him, New Japan Strong. New episodes every Friday. And especially in the upcoming Lions Break Crown Tournament. DKC, thanks for your time. We'll talk to you soon. Everybody's talking about New Japan Strong every Friday night. New episodes dropping on NJPWWorld.com and the upcoming Lions Break Crown Tournament. I got one of the pre-tournament favorites right here with me. Clark Connors, my guest. Man, it is great to see you, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing well, Kevin. In fact, I'm uh, just got done with a bout of training. I'm here in the bowels of the LA Dojo in the locker room. So this is pretty. If I if I walked around and showed you what was going on in here, I'd probably have to kill you and anyone had who uh, who got to see it because this no, is. No, listen. Is, Mom's the word. Secret. <laughs> yes. So uh, feeling good. Everything okay? I know you guys train like day in and day out. Seems like it never ends. Yes, sir. Yeah. Even with uh, Shibata-san over there in Japan, we uh, we talk to him all the time and he gives us new workouts to work on. And really what it's done is given us a chance to sharpen up our basics even more and get better and better at the things that we do to the point where I, I feel so comfortable in the ring now. And uh, and it's every day and we, we, don't, we haven't stopped during this whole pandemic. So we're the only people in the world doing that right now. And I, that's why I think we are the best wrestlers in the world. And, and that's that's what we got going in the LA Dojo. It has been, of course, uh, a tremendous story that we have followed with uh, Shibata-san making the transition away from the ring, moving into coaching, the restart, the rebirth of the L.A. Dojo, and his, his first class with, with you and Carl Fredericks, Alex Coughlin at the top. Uh, obviously, there is, I, but I would bet there is a lot of pressure on you guys being the first and the first Shibata trainees to really meet your potential. Yeah. I mean, uh, 
we, we, the way we look at it always is not only do we compete within ourselves to be the best out of each other, but we want to be the best thing going in wrestling. And we want to start something, be the first class of something that goes on throughout the annals of history. Um, and then it echoes that when people in 30 years from now, when guys are going to be graduating from the LA dojo, they're going to be like, oh, those guys are going to be top guys. They're going to be superstars in any company in the world especially in new Japan because of what we uh, start make the pedigree of the LA dojo. Now uh, with Carl recently uh, graduating uh, and being, you know, turned loose, if you will, from, from the uh, black trunks and the black boots of the young line, being able to put his own personality into his uh, attire. Is there more pressure? Is there more pressure on you now? uh, Because, you're still competing as technically a young lion. Yeah. Yeah. No, more than anything. Um, so Carl, obviously Shibata son saw something at Carl that, uh, jumped him to where he is now. And so my goal, and I know Alex's goal right now is more than anything to, to get to that level. And I want, we want to shed this young lion skin and, uh, be more so who we, we are and show what we can do on a higher level. Um, so for me, it's a battle every day with myself and with Alex to get better and uh, prove that I'm not just a young lion anymore. Well, you have all the tools and there's no doubt in my mind that you will not only shed that skin very soon, but you will meet all of your personal goals. You have you have everything you could want as a wrestler. And it's that fire and intensity that I think separates you uh, from from others that I have seen. Um, I think I referred to you m- more like a captain in there. Uh, <laughs> you really own the ring. Thank you. Yeah, no, I. Um, that's how I carry myself, really, in general. Uh, I was the first person that Shibata-san picked to join the LA Dojo from the first, very first camp when they weren't expecting to pick anybody. He saw me and he, and he saw something that he liked. So that off the bat, that was the first thing. Second thing was maybe a month into training. He just, he came to me one day and said, you, you are a captain of LA Dojo. And so I took that to heart. I took those words to heart and um, in the ring, I want to be a leader with my fellow LA Dojo guys, anyone I'm in there with. I want to be, show who I am. And throughout my entire life, I've been playing football, playing every sport through college, whatnot. I've been always been a captain, you know, I've always been a leader. And so I want to show that not only when we practice, but the reflection of the product and the wrestling in the ring as well. Yes, sir. The, uh, it was about a year ago that we uh, had the kind of the burgeoning rivalry between the two dojos, between the Noga Dojo and the LA Dojo. Uh, and, and we said in commentary, because it was very apparent that there was, there was quite a competitive atmosphere between the dojos and this, it seemed to almost transcend, uh, professional wrestling. Uh, how personal of that is that rivalry to you? Oh, mm. put it this way. Um, I can't wait to see Yuya Umura again, so I can slap him in the mouth. Um, I, I mean, I, I miss it. I miss that type of stuff because it's competitive. Uh, every time we get in there with them, it's not like I want to go out and wrestle and have a good match. It's I want to beat the holy hell out of someone. I love beating up Suji. I love being a Pumora, Narita, Shoda, all those boys. I love smacking them around. And honestly, I like I like what they give back. 
You know, I love when they hit me back. It gets me going. It gets all of us going. And it and you're right. It does transcend pro wrestling. It's it's real, man. We we get in there, dojo. When we go there, we stay there, and we make it our home. We we're obviously very um, respectful to our senpais and whatnot. But that's a we should we know who's we know who's uh, top dog in that bad boy whenever we show up. Well, you guys again. You you uh, walked it and talked it because uh, there was a real edge, I thought, and it and it made them better. So again, you, the young lion system kind of helping itself uh, because the goal is for all of you to ascend to the main roster, to become main eventers, to become champions, lifelong heroes, to generations of fans all around the world. So I think again, you guys are on the right track, no doubt about it. Can you? Can you let me in and let me in as much as you can on on what the day to day life of a young lion is, because it it really has captivated a lot of people's attention. Yeah, um, I can let you in a lot, actually, because it's it's really quite simple. I think anyone can live our lifestyle. They really uh, button down. We wake up. First thing we do is we get up and we bang out a bunch of chores. We keep the house sparkling clean for an hour or two. We come from there right in the morning to a usually 9, 30, 10 o'clock trading session that goes on for five, six hours. Uh, within that, it's just, it's brutal. It's everything you would imagine uh, Ketsu or Shibata would put a bunch of young lions through. We beat the holy hell of each other every day. There's blood, there's chests are red. Um, and then we finish that up with a good, good, long, hard workout. And uh, that's on top of the at least 500 to 1,000 squats we do in the, the to, just to get in the ring, just to get our blood flowing. And then after that, we clean the whole dojo, uh, come home. We cook a chonko generally or, you know, a nice meal for every everybody. And then uh, that brings you to about 7, 8 o'clock. And we'll generally look back and watch the match or watch um, practice, basically, like watching film because we're, we're professional athletes. That's what we do. And then uh, that gives us about one or two hours to go lay in bed and and then reflect on our reflect on our choices in life. And then we do it all over again, Kevin. And we do it all over again. So if well, anyone I, wanted to be in LA Dojo, yeah, go for it. Just do that every day for two years. And, yeah, uh, and and again, it's it's not like you say. Oh, it's it's something if anybody wants to do it, but there aren't many guys that can do what you do. That's what separates you from everybody else. A lot of talk. Everybody's talking big. You know, I could do that. I, I've seen that, blah, blah, blah. But when the rubber meets the road, it's a different set of skills, man. And, and you got to be a, be a tough-minded individual to be able to survive that day in, day out. Yeah, it's, it's everything. It's uh, Shinji Tai. That's what Shabbat teaches us. And that's it's your heart, your spirit, and your mind. Those are the things that we sharpen every day. Sorry, a little loud. We sharpen those every day. And it's, it's, it's a, it comes down to, well, yeah, we do a thousand squats a day. And that isn't just about to get your legs really strong. That's to sharpen your mind. That's to strengthen your mind and your will. Because if you, if you can go and do that every day, you can tackle anything, any problem that comes around. And um, that's what we're building towards. And we, we're creating that within ourselves. And then the wrestling part, that's cake. That's that's the part that's going to be easy and fun. Because, I mean, I, I don't have a bunch of moves that I do. I'm a young lion. But I'll still go out there and win matches because I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to tap out. I'm not going to lose to someone's special finisher. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to beat the hell out of someone, and then I'm not going to give up. And uh, that's, where, that's where it comes from as a young lion. 
And then the uh, I've always said that the being able to compete on New Japan events is is the reward for the young lion for all the hard work. So without the <laughs> yeah. hard work, you don't get the opportunity to to wrestle on New Japan events. Is that correct? No, hundred percent. I always look at it as I, I forgot who said it. It was uh, probably everybody. It's so cliche, but in football, it's like like they pay me for Monday through Saturday. Sundays you get for free, right? And that's how we are. And it's uh, all the training and stuff. That's what. That's why we're here. We're we're training. We're getting paid. That's what we, you'd make us do. But when those shows come around, man, that's when we can just let loose and show off what we got. And it's still hard. We still train the day of. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's and it's a lot. There's a lot of other responsibilities that go into it. But that little bit of time we get in that ring, that bell to bell, that's everything, man. That's why we do it. So Carl Fredericks, kind of the launching pad for his success, uh, was winning last year's Young Lions Cup, which you got an opportunity to compete in. This yeah. year, a uh, little different format, and it's going to be hosted at the uh, through the LA Dojo with the Lions Break Crown. And it, it's a different tournament, but basically the same when it, when it looks for the up-and-coming star and whoever wins will certainly it'll be a huge feather in their cap i would bet there is a ton of pressure on you to win this year yeah i mean this is the first time this thing's been done um <clears throat> yeah it's for me i look at it and when it was when the idea was presented i looked at it and i said i'm gonna win this i i have to win this for not only for myself but for the LA Dojo, for every for Shibata Sun and everything we believe in, um, the competition I'm going up against is, is is real good. Those guys can all go in the ring. I've watched their stuff on the Indies. Some of the guys have you know been in um, done shows with us as well. But I look at them and I say, you are not LA Dojo. You are not a young lion. You do not put in the hours and hours of work that I do. But uh, I'm gonna go out there, and my goal is to take everything I've learned so far and my intensity and everything I do as a captain in the ring. And I want to refine it down. And uh, that's what I've been working on is just refining my skill set and becoming a little more calm and focused. And I'm going to go in there. I'm going to win that. I'm going to win that. I've I've referred to you as a raw open nerve in that ring because uh, it's a, it's intensity personified when Clark Connors gets rolling. And I'm really looking forward to seeing this tournament unfold. I want to thank you for giving me some of your time. I know every moment is valuable and you guys don't waste a minute. So thanks for your time, Clark. I look forward to seeing you in this tournament and seeing you continue on New Japan Strong. Thank you, Kevin. It means a lot. Thank you. All right. That is Clark Connors, everybody. And the Lions Break Crown Tournament right around the corner. New episodes of New Japan Strong each and every Friday on NJPWWorld.com. Make sure you check them out.